Sideburns versus skinny jeans. Walkmans versus AirPods. Millennial or Gen Xer, we're going to dive right in to family, finances, and fun. Mom, is my laundry done? Really, Ryan? Welcome to In My Day. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of In My Day. And we are getting excited because if anyone knows Dave and I out there, they know this week is our favorite week of the year, and we're getting ready for Keeneland. It is Keeneland, baby. So, Yoo-hoo! Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So we decided to take a break from finances for this afternoon just so we can discuss our favorite Keeneland memories and help with the best superstitions to help you win money at the track. And these are not recommendations. These are definitely not recommendations. And the thing about Keeneland that I love, just to start it off, is it is such a place to be seen and to people watch. There is, I mean, there is nothing better than, it's one of the only tracks in America, horse racing is concerned, because I've been to a lot of them, where it's one of the very few that outside of a special day, like a Derby or an Oaks or Travers Day or something, Breeders' Cup, something big, a big event, that people actually dress up like on a Wednesday to go to the track. The the energy is unlike anywhere else because you just drive. For someone that's never been there, you can't describe it to them because you just say, "Yeah, it's a track in the middle of a field and it's a lot of fun." And they're like, "Why is that fun?" And then you take them and they're like, "We got to go back because you drive out there and there's thirty thousand people packed in there, all dressed up, all having a great time, getting to experience horses, bourbon, everything that make, makes Kentucky great." And the thing is, is yeah, you're absolutely right. Someone coming from out of town, they have absolutely no idea what they're going to find. Because they're just thinking, like, you're taking me to a horse track? Like, what? Yeah. But then they, they you sit down and you have, you know, some burgoo to start with. And, of course. I don't like the burgoo, I'm going to be honest. Well. It does I, nothing for me. I know why you don't like the burgoo. It's because. This ought to be good. I don't know that this is true, but. But track lore holds that the Burgoo is always whichever horse lost the last race of the day the day before. You see, they take the horse, yeah, and they make Burgoo out of it. It right, stews that, over the night. It's perfect. You've never heard of this? That's not okay. That's I, what my grandmother <laughs> told me. She lied to you. That's just not she okay. She actually told me that. that. That's a little messed up, actually. No, <laughs> I mean, these are things you hear as a child. You never you go... I'm not eating that anymore. All right, so track superstitions for this weekend. What is your what is your favorite track superstition that you hear? Or favorite couple? Always bet the gray. Oh, that's a that's a popular one. Dave Portnoy lives by that one. The CEO of Barstool, you know him? Yeah. He's a, yeah. well, he's a millennial, so well, maybe he actually might not be a millennial, I but think. he's popular amongst the millennials. Yeah. So that that's his big but one. He always likes the gray. Always. There, he mean, says they're genetically faster. Who knows? I don't know. As someone who has a few gray hairs, I just feel like I can relate to the horses that are gray a little better. They may they may not be older, but they just to Maybe me that's they, what it is. All the old guys at the track are like I, I they feel, feel like old souls. <laughs> they feel I feel like they they understand. So always bet the gray. You know another one, Ryan. You know when I was a kid, I used to go out there, and uh, my grandmother actually took me. And uh, her only rule was if there was a wager placed on a Sunday, right, after church, of course, any winnings had to be given to the church. Okay. So that was, I have no idea where she got that, but, you know, this, we're just a 
$2 wager or something, right? And maybe yeah. it turned into 6 or $8. Well, that went in the offering plate the next Sunday. There you go. Or Wednesday night church service. There you go. It went. I mean, it was going to the Lord's work. So my favorite superstition, my grandmother, when we went, she always bet names, her favorite name. And the other thing she bet, my grandfather's birthday was July 11th. So she would always do, anytime there were 11 horses in the race, she'd do a 7-11 exact the box. Well, the story goes, she went up to Saratoga, not Keeneland, but the second best thing. She went up to Saratoga on a random Monday because they lived in New Jersey. And my dad got home from work one day and checked the results from Saratoga that day on the computer. And he checks them and he goes, Karen, or he probably said, sweetie, your mom won a ton of money today. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he reads off the horses that won. Well, there was something named Ryan after me. There was at like twenty to one. There was a Sarah after my sister at like forty to one. There was a Diane that was my aunt's name at like fifteen to one. There were two seven eleven exacta boxes. He goes, just call her. I guarantee she's having a good time. So my mom's like, all right, I'll call her. We'll see. So she calls her and grandma goes, hey, how's it going? You know, won like four hundred and some dollars off betting a dollar a race. So I always keep an eye on the seven elevens, even if they're long shots. It might might be worth taking a second look at. So. It's funny with this. I didn't know the Seven Eleven story, but like I'm a I'm an Eight Eleven birthday, right? There you go. So if I ever see Eight Eleven, they don't they don't happen a lot, but you maybe uh, three times a day or something. If there's an Eight and Eleven, I always I always put them in there. It's just so. But now maybe I'll need to start doing the Seven Eight Eleven. Seven Eight Eleven box. It's a good idea. I think we should do that. This entire meet. Let's just do it. There you go. Right now we'll just split it. Seven <laughs> Seven Eight Eleven. Dollar race. That's easy easy peasy. So um you know when it comes to just Keeneland memories, right? Um, who actually introduced me to the track, which is funny, is my wonderful Christian grandmother who passed away many, many, you know, years ago. But um, she would take me out after church on Sundays when I was visiting, either in the spring on my spring break or fall on my winter break. And so because of that, until, until about... Uh, well, not even COVID. Well, actually, yes. Until until Keeneland was closed to fans for COVID, I had I had not missed a spring or a fall opening day since I was 17 years of age. That's quite a run. And I'm 46, so that was that was 28 years at that point. You have to start it over. Do it again. I have to start it over. So I did start it over last year. You know, like the let's see, we started with the October, with October fall meet, yeah. right? So that's when I started over. But it it just um. That was something that, you know, I thought, I'll keep this record going and I'll be like the guy at the sports games where when he's 95 years, right, they honor him for being at every single opening day. So in 30 years from now, you want to get honored at Keeneland for My thought day. was, but now it's going to have an asterisk, like everything that happened that year, yeah. right? It's well, just that, an people, anyone that's old enough to remember that at the time will, will understand, I think. Yeah, so. it just, so that was a little frustrating. I felt like one of my life's goals is is never going to be realized now yeah because of that but that said that said i do have a fun story so um (laughs) one time we went to very sometimes during the the you know middle part of keeneland right they'll have some of the horse sales going on Mm -hmm. you know and we went to a horse sale and we were looking at some horses in the in the kind of in the pavilion area and they're walking around and my grandmother who never really said anything Right. She she just had this way of, anytime she'd look at a horse, she could just pick a winner. It's the craziest thing. I, I don't know where she, I, clearly it did not 
Uh, that gene did not pass along. It did not pass <laughs> along to me. I mean, maybe my son has it. Maybe he'll skip a generation. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, there's, there's hope for the next generation, but not this generation. So she could just look at a horse and pick a winner. Well, we were at the sales, and she we'd probably looked at, I don't know, 30 or 40 horses that had passed by to go into the sales ring and things. Yeah. And about halfway through the day, she, she saw this horse come through, and she goes, that's a pretty horse. And I said, what do you think about it, Grandma? She goes, that's the most beautiful horse I've seen all day. Well, by gosh, the horse went into the sales ring, sold, I believe it was for $2.1 million. And the horse's name was Fusaichi Pegasus. It wasn't a bad one. No. So the thing is, what, a year and change later? Won the Derby. Won the Derby. Um, went and told Grandma. And she, go, she she actually said, well, what did you expect it wouldn't do? I mean, she wasn't surprised at all. She's like, it's a beautiful horse. Of course it won. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, over the years of watching that horse race, my grandmother did pass away, but over the years of watching that horse race, I just it just made me smile every time I saw the name Fusashi Pegasus in yeah. anything. And even today now, when I've seen any lineage, right? Yeah. Uh, it just, it you know, it, it's just a neat feeling. It just makes me get kind of goosebumps. That that I was there and Grandma picked that horse out in the ring, and that's fun. That's yeah. that's the fun part when you get to go with your family and see those horses win. And then I'm just getting to the point now that the horses I remember watching with my dad, the one I remember big time was Quality Road when we were up at Saratoga one time when I was real little. Mm-hmm. He won. He actually lost to Blame, right before oh, yeah. Blame went on to beat Zenyatta. Yep. So now when we're watching, I guess that was probably that was 2010. So 11 years later now. We're watching all the quality road and blame lineage and watching them run. And every time you see that, it makes you think of those memories. And that's what I love about the track, just getting to remember that those fun times with, with friends. Oh, my goodness. You just made me think of a, of a blame story. You literally did. Uh-oh. I, I cannot believe it. So blame, right? Uh, Breeders' Cup. The year you won? Yeah. Okay. You know what happened. Well, that, for context, for those who don't know, this year Zenyatta was 19-0 and going into this Breeders' Cup. And she was probably the most popular horse maybe in my lifetime, honestly. I mean, she was so popular. She had a following. And she went in there, and the way she always ran was she would start in the back of the pack, and she would come flying at the end. And she always got up, not by much, but she always got up by a nose. So everyone was expecting that to happen again in the Breeders' Cup in her 20th and final race of her career. But then Blame had something to say about it. Go ahead. And everyone... I, I was actually watching this. I didn't. I wasn't able to get tickets to the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland that year, or at Churchill. No, Churchill, Churchill. But I, I was at Keeneland instead. Yeah. And we were watching it on the big screen at Keeneland, and it was, you know, by the time it got around to that race, it was dark. I mean, the sun had gone down. It was evening, maybe six thirty at night or something like that. It was late, but there were tons all day long. We'd seen all these Zenyatta fans. I mean, people wearing Zenyatta pictures. They had posters that shirts, day. They had the posters. big pink posters, remember? They had people wearing pink shirts with Zenyatta either in letters or a picture of the horse on it. I mean, they were like the fan club, right? And everyone had bought like $2 win place show tickets on Zenyatta, and they were so excited, and they were going to watch truly history take place as this horse who was undefeated was going to Went win. 20-0. And she was going, she had won the Breeders' Cup Classic the year before, so she was yeah. going for back-to-back. This was just a no-brainer. I mean, yeah. it was the gun-to-the-head lock of the day, okay? Lock of the century. Lock I mean. of the century. So, so you know, of course, my buddy and I said, well, 
if she wins, we're not going to really make any money on that. So we said, you know, what we'll do is we'll bet on this horse named Blaine to win. And uh, little did we know that, that actually when it won, we would actually be blamed. Okay. <laughs> but so we're watching this race and there's, you know, we're surrounded. We didn't realize at the time by let's say 40 Zenyatta fans. And there's the two of us in the middle of this group. And we're all watching on the big screen. So it's only the people that had stayed for the last race of the day for the Breeders' Cup. And, um, and we're watching them turn for home. And they're fighting it out neck and neck. Zenyatta and blame, Zenyatta and blame, Zenyatta and blame. And it comes out of the wire and blame wins. Of course, we jump and scream and yell because we, we pulled this upset and we won. And then we turn around and we realize how deathly quiet it was. They all just stare at you. All 40 of these people had like tickets in their hands and were looking at us like an angry mob. I'm not joking. I looked at them. I'm like, I'm sorry about your loss. And I walked back inside, and they literally turned and watched us as we walked back in the room. You're probably worried about getting jumped on the way out of there. I thought I was going to get literally, like, beaten, bagged, and buried at Keeneland in the track, which wouldn't be a bad place to go. I mean, if anybody's listening and I do die, that would be great. I would love that. We'll spread your ashes and drink a bourbon in your honor. I would love that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I actually have never feared for my life than I did with that angry crowd of of Zenyatta followers. So fun stuff. There you go. But I, I think the key is if you're going out to the track, if you're going out to the track, the key is remember that whatever your system is, whether you, whether you, you know, bet on the pretty horse, you, 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 you pick a favorite number, you, um, you know, the jockey winks at you, you know, um, they don't wink at me, but they may wink at you. Right. Um, you know, some people bet on the horse that poops last. I mean, everyone has their own philosophy Never and strategy. Oh, a... yeah. Because they think the theory is they're lighter. They're lighter. There they're lighter. Go. They're going to run faster. They're not. I mean, just think about it. They're relieved. It's so 1,200 pounds. They're animal, relaxed. Okay. <laughs> they're relaxed. They're like, I'm ready to go now. You know, got that out of the way. But regardless, I mean, don't just get so focused on picking horses. Make sure you look around. Make sure you try some of the burgoo. Make sure you try a hot brown, a Kentucky hot brown. Make sure you definitely, no matter what, Save some money and get some bread pudding because the Keeneland bread pudding is is just absolutely amazing. And have a blast people watching. And whether it's a rainy day, a sunny day, or an overcast day, you're going to have a blast. And just just walk through everywhere while you're at Keeneland. Wear good walking shoes. Have a blast. And if you're out there, we promise you, you will hear us screaming before you see us. That you will. We hope to see you out at Keeneland, and we'll see you next week.